The Daily Tap is live for Thursday. We will talk about the Packers and the 500 record at this point of the season. Some interesting historical anecdotes that I want to get into. We're also going to do a PSA for Bucks fans as we start the new year. Milwaukee is a soccer team. We're going to talk a little bit about the impact, what that means, how fun that could be, a whole bunch of things. Maybe work on some names, start workshopping names as well. And then the NMN report where we do a little bit of national media talk at the very end of today's show. Before we get going, just a reminder, make sure you're following along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram, TikTok, as well as Facebook. Uh, we also would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. If you've already subscribed to our podcast, make sure that you rate and review the podcast. We really, really, really appreciate that. Helps people get to know who the hell we are, what we are doing. And if you don't want to do that, just share the podcast. If you like one, you have one that's you know your favorite of yours, or you're like, this is really good, just share it to your socials. Put it on your IG story. I don't think that's going to impact anybody. That's not going to hurt anybody. We just would really like as much awareness spread as possible. And like I said, once I finally unpack my basement, I believe there will be memorabilia stuff to come. Like I, I do think we are going to have some memorabilia sell-offs and I think we're gonna have some fun getting those follower accounts up and giving away some different things. All right, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers and the 500 record. Green Bay Packers are three and three. We all know it. Um, there are a lot of teams that are three and three. That's kind of the thing you're, you say at this point for, you know, the, I wouldn't say it's an excuse, but it's like, there are a lot of teams at the same juncture as Green Bay, and they can go one or two ways. And it is no, in no way, you know, decided who is going to be in the Super Bowl. We talked a lot about that on yesterday's show, that the Bengals last year, when the Packers beat them, we thought it was a win against a up-and-coming team, but no one thought that was a win against the eventual AFC champions, right? So that's that to say is three and three can mean absolutely nothing. And the Packers have been here before. They haven't been here with Matt LaFleur, but they were they've been here multiple times with Aaron Rodgers. The obvious one is 2010. We all know about 2010, but there's more than that. And I think it's worth diving into and give you some perspective on where Green Bay has been. And it made me feel good. Like I, I did this research and I was like, all right. I feel a lot better about where the Packers could potentially end up and that a run always seems to be there. Now I get Aaron Rodgers does not look like the same quarterback, but I thought Dan Orlowski on NFL Live yesterday did a great job of breaking that down how close some of the things are for Green Bay. Like if Royce Newman, you know, basically stays flat on a screen route, it's a touchdown for Aaron Jones on a screen. If Mercedes Lewis does gets his block, it's a touchdown for Aaron Jones. If, how was the other one? Oh, there was a, a pattern that Rodgers couldn't see because he got sacked. And if he doesn't get sacked, it's at least a 20-yard gain you know, to the outside. So as Orlowski said, it's all about execution. It's all about paying attention to detail. And maybe that was something that we should have considered when we were talking about storylines last week, or yesterday, excuse me, um, about the, poten the potential, the paying attention to detail and really making sure that the details were taken care of because that's what I think something 
Green Bay has to focus on this week, and we'll see if they can clean that up. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the 500 records, and we're here to see how common this is. And it actually is fairly common, starting in 2009. Green Bay was 500 around this time of year. They, in fact, were 4-4. and So they would lose two straight games to Brett Favre, or two straight games, Tampa and one to Brett Favre's Minnesota Vikings. And then they would rally to have five straight wins. They would only lose once the rest of the year, and it was a crazy shootout with Pittsburgh where I think I advocated for Brett Bell to never have a job in football again. Granted, I have no idea if Brett Bell ever played after that game, but Brett Bell was horrendous. But that was an absolute classic where it was Rodgers and Roethlisberger going back and forth for an entire game. It was a hundred. It was so fun. It was such a fun game to watch, even though the Packers lost. Like that, if we did like a tap list of best Packer losses, like I feel like that has to go up there because Green Bay could not win the division. I think Minnesota was far and away better than them. It was just about wild card seeding, and they had lost. And it, you know they had had a really strong run before that. Where I was like four and four, okay, what is Rodgers made of? Remember, we didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was an MVP quarterback. We didn't know what the ceiling of Aaron Rodgers was in 2009. And so to come through after two straight losses and then rail off five straight was one of those things that was kind of a moment for Aaron Rodgers in his career. And I think if you were to ask him about that sort of run, was that sort of the time where everything sort of clicked and you started to become, you know, who who you who you were, who you are, right, today. 2010, we know the story, right? They were three and three, two straight losses to Miami and Washington, coincidentally enough. They would win four straight. It was also worth noting that they had a second losing, uh, two-game losing streak at the end of the year. Uh, Rodgers gets hurt in that Detroit game. Then they lose to New England on the road. And they still found a way into the playoffs. And the rest is history. 2010 was a more tumultuous year than I think we give it credit for. We remember it as the Super Bowl. And everybody refers back to it and says, well, the Packers were 3-3 three and three then. What's to say they can't win the Super Bowl this year? Completely fair thing to say. It's a little pinheady. I'm not going to lie to you. But I do think you, it's worth pointing out, yeah, that was not that great of a season. Like the Packers had to beat, beat the Jets 9 to nothing. You know, in that stretch where they started winning football games, like it was not completely fixed. They got absolutely outclassed by the Atlanta Falcons, who then they out, they did the outclassing in the playoffs when it mattered. But Atlanta kicked the shit out of them. They did not look like they were on the same level as Atlanta. And during that year, they were kind of falling into wins, right? They faced a Dallas team that was ready to fire their coach. It happened. They outclassed the Minnesota Vikings as the Brett Favre experience is falling off the rails and and Chile gets fired. They fight they had two coaches fired after the Packers kicked their ass. So they kind of lucked into a few things, and then it looks like it might run out. And then Deshaun Jackson takes back a, a punt return for a touchdown. So the Giants lose in the miracle in the Meadowlands in one of the iconic games between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. The Giants come to Lambeau and the Packers kick their ass. So that is all to say. And then the Super Bowl, and we all we all know that story. We we've told that story a hundred times. But it's it's to say, like, that was a pretty tough year. And they had to grind to get to the playoffs. And once they got in, the rest just did it, did its job. 
You and that Eagles game, like again, another thing, like that Eagles game was was a barn burner. And James Starks, you know, comes through with 150 yards on the ground, and Tremont Williams gets his hand up. And if Tremont Williams doesn't get his hand up, I think it was Tremont, or was it Desmond Bishop? I can't remember. Tremont had a great play in the end zone, but it might have been Desmond Bishop. But it, it doesn't matter. I, I think you have to like. Think about that sometimes. Like you, and, and I don't do a good enough job. Like I, as I'm starting to piece this together and kind of talk about Rogers' history, like that year kind of sucked. Like not every year is going to be like what we've had with Lafleur the last two years. And you could make a case. I'm not ready to do it. Maybe next week after they lose to Buffalo, that adversity for this team has been something they haven't dealt with and they haven't dealt it with it well and it could be that they've just been too good so maybe this is the type of shit that's actually going to help build tough conversations build tougher people and get the, the Packers ready for the playoffs come January so 2012 they were three and three as well actually started two and three and people lost their minds they lose to indianapolis that indianapolis team i think it was just at the start of andrew luck now that game now i'm not trying to be disrespectful but it was the chuck strong game chuck pagano came back no team would have beat indianapolis in that stadium that that was a hammer bet to Indianapolis. I hope a lot of people made money off the Packers in that game. And it was a firefight. Like, I think it was like 38-31, something nuts. But everyone's freaking out. They have to go to undefeated Houston. Houston's looking to kind of put themselves on a map. Everybody thought the Packers were going to lose heading into that Houston game. Sounds, sounds a little familiar to next week. Now, granted, Houston was not the team that Buffalo is today. But the Packers go in there and kick the living shit out of them. And it leads to one of the iconic Rodgers post-game interviews where he shushes the audience. The Packers would go on to win eight of their next nine games that season. So then we have a little bit of a lag. 2013 can be considered because the Packers were 500 the entire year. Hell, they finished the year 500. But that was because of Rodgers' injury more so than anything else. 2016, the Green Bay Packers would be 4-4. Four and four. This would be loss number two. One game I was at, the first Rodgers loss that I saw in my lifetime. And I go to probably a Packer game a year. It uh, was a tough pill to swallow. Beautiful day. Like, that's the thing I remember about that game. Just the weather was so fucking awesome. It was early November. And it was like 66. And just, it was like, it, that was the good part about it. And then everything else went to shit. But anyways... Lost in Indianapolis again, coincidentally enough. That would be the Packers' second loss on their way to four straight. The Packers would go to four and six. This led to the Rodgers run the table comments. And my first opportunity to make a t-shirt and make a bunch of money was missed there. It would be very similar to if Green Bay were to go three and five in this stretch, right? If they were to lose to Washington and then they were to lose to Buffalo, they would kind of need a little bit of a run-the-table mentality heading into November and December. Now, granted, there is an extra play playoff or extra playoff team. I wasn't even gonna say that. I was gonna say extra game. There's not only an extra playoff team, but there's also an extra game. So it makes it a lot easier on the Packers, even if they were to start three and five. 2018, we know that that was a shit show year for Green Bay. They were 3-3-1. They were 4-4-1. The bottom falls out after beating Miami to get to 4-4-1. Uh, they would lose to Seattle and Washington on the road. It was a four straight road loss. 
Felt heard in Arizona, and we know the rest. That's probably the other side of this coin, right? We've, we've seen all the good, right? We've seen when the Packers have been 500, it's somewhat of a wake-up call. It ends up turning the corner, and they win a bunch of games after. 2018 is the outlier. And 2018, I think there was a lot of things wrong with that team at that time. And they should have fired Mike McCarthy in 2017. The Rodgers injury basically got him another year in Green Bay. And if Rodgers hadn't got hurt in that 2017 year, I don't know if McCarthy survives it. Now, I don't know what the new coaches were in 2018. So did the Packers miss out on an opportunity? Probably worth a discussion at some point. We could put a pin in that one. Another good like evergreen topic to talk through. But yes, the 500... It matters. It, it, it's a it's a footnote, but the five five hundred has been a wake up call for Green Bay in the past, and I think that is what you have to consider going forward. Like I, I think you have to keep that in the back of your head, and even if they go four and four, right? Even if they beat Washington and then they lose to Buffalo, I still think you can feel the exact same way. And I know the schedule isn't great in November, okay? But you have a lot of home games in that mix, right? You have, or no, well, you have two, I got. But you have one again, a road game against Detroit where you've done all right. And I think Detroit's all offense, nothing else. And maybe the Patriots basically gave the game plan of how to stop them from an offensive perspective. Then you have Dallas, who while looks beatable, I, I just want to see it with Dak Prescott. The offensive line, long way to go. Tennessee, they're good in their division, but I think when you get Tennessee out of their division, I think that's somewhere the Packers can take advantage. They were really good against Tennessee. Uh, le- the Was that two years ago? Uh, when they went wild in the snow. Or was that last year? I think it was last year. But anyways, they kicked the shit out of Tennessee. I think the Packers can do the same. And then you got to go to Philadelphia. And I'm not. I'm still not like fully bought in on Philly. I think Philly's good, but I, I just kind of need to see it against a upper echelon team. And I don't know if the Cowboys with Cooper Rush are that upper echelon team. They Their defense is, but I, I, I need to see a little bit more from Philadelphia before I'm ready to crown their ass. And I kind of want Philly to be undefeated heading into that game. I think that would add an element to it. But I think that's all to say, there's no doubt in my mind that Green Bay couldn't win four out of the next five games. They have Chicago after that Philadelphia game, by the way. I do I think like railing off four straight wins here after being three and three is unrealistic. Yeah. But if you were to beat the Bills, and I, I we talked about it yesterday, it's a you know, every week league. If you were to beat the Bills, you would basically have two wins that were scheduled losses. And then you'd have two scheduled wins that were losses, right? Uh, you'd have the Bills and Bucks that I think both that most people were like, oh, those are losses. And then you have the Jets and Giants where most people were like wins. And then it kind of evens itself out, weirdly enough. But you do have to take care of business against the Commanders first. Uh, If you lose to the Commanders, it's far worse than losing to the Jets or the Giants. Commanders are one of the worst teams in football. I said that a couple weeks ago. I stand by it. I feel like it's the Commanders. I think it's the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they beat the Buccaneers. Um, That my co-host Mitch was saying that he felt like the Buccaneers loss was actually worse than the Packers, which I'd push back on because I, I feel like you lose at home like that, it's tough. And maybe the Jets are better. And so maybe Mitch is right. I don't know. Houston and then Chicago. 
Uh, I think that would be my bottom four at the moment, uh, but willing to willing to be influenced, willing to be swayed. But yeah, I, I think the Packers are going to be just fine. I think that if history teaches us anything, it's that the Packers know how to respond when their backs are against the wall. Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks, we have the first Bucks game of the season tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't think I'm doing anything post-game with Mitch, um, but if we do, we'll have maybe a Mitch appearance at the end to talk Bucks Sixers. Well, sometimes the games are so intense where Mitch just has to get it out and wants to talk about it, which is great. Um, and him and I haven't done a good enough job of fleshing out if that's going to be something we do on a regular basis, if that's something we do for just big games, if that's something we don't do at all. But I think it'd be fun uh, to at least talk for you know 20 or 30 minutes you know, after a game about what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't, maybe bringing golden kegs to that. Um, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. But we won't be doing it today, but we will talk about it on Friday. show. will definitely be after Should You Bet, um, unless something goes crazy, unless Giannis has like 45 and sends a message to everybody in the league. And if that happens, then yeah, it's going to get bumped to A block uh, for sure. But let me serve as a PSA to all Bucks fans as we start the season. You guys got to just keep your wits about you. I realize that the internet is very easy to just go crazy, have a bunch of takes, shoot them left and right, especially when you're watching your team for the first time since middle of May. You just need to calm down. You can't overreact. Like we, there's basically a 10, maybe 15 game window where you can't really overreact about anything. Can you be mad about a player's performance? Sure. Absolutely. But if you're worried about the long-term implications for the team, that's the type of stuff where you got to touch grass. Like you can't, you just can't do that. Like you cannot do that early in the season. Also too, as part of this PSA, just a friendly reminder, no Pat Connaughton, no Chris Milton. So it's not like the Bucs are playing with a full deck. That's kind of why I think the spread is plus four right now for the Bucs, but I love the Bucs in that spot. I think mean, that's a great spot. They've played well in Philadelphia. Uh, I know Philly has a game under their belt, but Milwaukee could come out a little more fresh, a little more seasoned. Uh, one of the only teams to not play the first two days, uh, the other team being the LA Clippers. So yes, the Bucs, are, the Bucs have a good chance tomorrow. And even if they don't win, if they come up short, I think it's a long season. I'll be frustrated that they lost. I hope they don't get embarrassed. That would be, I think, the worst case scenario, right? If you wanted to invite the panic, if you wanted to invite people just freaking the fuck out about the Milwaukee Bucks, it would be getting blown out on national television, whether it's tonight or next week when Brooklyn comes to town. Like those those games for Bucks fans are like, there's no, there's no game beat by 50, right? There's no game beat by 20, 25. I think it's take care of your business, make sure that you could, you know, come close as you will to win. And if you fall short, you know, whatever, Philly has a tip in to win the game at the buzzer. It's life, right? You can't control that. And I do think, I do feel good about this Bucks team. I think even though they have some guys missing early on, I think the Bucs are going to step up. I think you're going to get some big Giannis games. I think there is a revenge tour thing with Giannis right now. And I think he wants to make his own sort of statements. So I, I expect that. I'll be very curious to see what the starting lineup looks like. 
I hope it's Javon Carter. That that's I think what we're all asking for. We all want Javon Carter to start. Um, we'll see if Bud you know agrees with us or if he goes back to the well with Grayson Allen or George Hill. I do think if he goes with George Hill, that is a straight troll for from Bud. Like if if George Hill's out there, that's a troll. That's definite troll move for him. Uh, and we'll also watch that three point defense. We'll see if they're able to run the lines. You know, Philly has some guys that want to shoot, whether it's Maxi, whether it's Harden. Uh, you have Niang who can shoot a corner three from time to time. They have dudes, and the Bucks need to make sure that they run them off. Tobias Harris, another guy who's willing to hit a corner three from anywhere. Furkan Kormaz, who I think is still on the team. Furkan, I don't think plays as much, but Kirkmans was always good for like three threes against the Bucks. Never, the guy never fucking missed. It's It was incredible. So yes, it should be a fun day. I just don't want anyone like freaking out as the Bucks lose. Like I, I just, I can't have that. Like I, I really can't. I think the only thing that I would say that I would be a little worried about is you have to go to Philly again on the 18th of November. And the Bucks need to win three out of four to get home court advantage from the Sixers when it comes to tiebreakers for the playoffs. I think that's vital. And so if the Bucks could get this one, that makes the game game the second game a little easier on Milwaukee. Like I think I think that that kind of eases into the pain. Like I, I don't think I don't think I have to worry too much about the 18th because if you split the the road games, it's house money at home and then protect your home court and win that and then then you're good to go. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm trying to think of other PSAs. Uh, I would not be mad about Marjan's minutes. I know we talked about Marjan a lot yesterday, but I would not be mad about his minutes early on. Give it time. I would not get too worked up with Brooke Lopez. I think there is a contingent that wants to trade Brooke Lopez. I think that's stupid. Um, and I think that he will be a guy that I think you don't just go crazy with and you don't just have all these, all these overreactions. So... I think the PSA really is just hold your water. Do not try to, you know, make these overarching statements that, you know, the Bucks are screwed because of X, Y, and Z. And you have the national media that will react. And national media loves picking on the Bucks. Um, I don't think JJ Redick's going to come to Giannis' defense anytime soon. JJ Redick needs to get away from the game a little bit. Like I know JJ Redick is this prized possession for ESPN. Could not keep LeBron's balls out of his mouth today. And was basically like, oh, it's not about wins and losses. It's a celebration of LeBron's career. Since fucking when, dude? Like since when? I, I, I'm i not a big LeBron guy. All right, whatever. I appreciate what he's done for the game. I appreciate the fact that he could pass Kareem. But a celebration of his fucking career? And we are not going to care about win losses? Like what the fuck are we doing here? It, does LeBron play for the Globetrotters and we didn't know? Like, that's that's not how it works, man. And I, I just hated that. So, yes, the dog pile will happen if the Bucks lose. If the Bucks win, no one will say shit. Um, unless Giannis goes crazy and then they have to talk about it. Like, they're forced to talk about it. But these games always deliver. Um, it's crazy we have not got a Milwaukee-Philly playoff series. Um, that's a true bummer because I think it would be great. I also think to hold that over the Philly fans' heads would be fun because we already hold the Brogdon thing, hold the best player in the game over them. All we're really missing is that playoff series. And that would, that would be a lot of fun.
moving on to the newest news in Milwaukee. Milwaukee has a soccer team. Yes, uh, no name yet, but in the new Iron District where they're building a soccer arena, people wondered what team would go in there. Some people speculated that it'd be a women's team. Some people speculated it. I don't think we ever got to MLS level because it's not big. Uh, some people thought, you know, maybe it's for colleges. Maybe it's not going, they're not going to be a professional team here, but there is. And the Milwaukee team will be playing in the USL, which is the league below the MLS, USL championship, I think. And the Rampage formerly played the one level below that. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the Rampage, if you're too young or not from Milwaukee, but the Rampage were around and they played at E-Line Field. And they, and it, there were some there were some great jerseys. Like that's really my only memory of the Rampage. I can't give you a Rampage Royal history. I can just tell you the Rampage had some fucking awesome kits. And if they wanted to call Milwaukee the Rampage again, I don't think I would hate, I don't, I wouldn't hate that. Um, but we'll see what they come up with. Uh, they're asking for names. I don't have the website on me. That's bad on me. Uh, but I, I think, number one, I would look at like Cream City FC. I don't know if that would freak people out because of the word cream. Like, unfortunately, everybody's heads in the gutters and we all watch too much porn. And you hear cream and you think of cum. Like, we, you just do, Okay. Like it's it's part of our vernacular. Maybe maybe I'm alone on that, but but I think people would. Brew City FC. It doesn't sound bad. I kind of like Brew City FC. I think that's that's interesting with like a crest that had would have beer on it. Your colors would probably be similar to all the Brewers, right? Blue and gold. Um, maybe you could do state flag where you could bring that light blue in. Brew City FC. I I do like uh, the Milwaukee Soccer Club. It's kind of kind of baller, but I don't know if there's actually a Milwaukee soccer club. Like that's a a club soccer team, a pretty prolific club soccer team. I don't know if they have the trademark for that. I'd be curious. That'd be that'd be a very interesting one to discuss because the Milwaukee soccer club rolls off the top. Like it, it just does. It's nice. It sounds good. Um, I'm trying to think other ones that I like. Cause yeah, I don't. I don't think you're gonna call them like the Milwaukee Wildcats or something like that. Like that's that's not how soccer works. Um, me being a very fringe footy fan, um, I I know that. So try to think other ones that could work. Bruce City, we got. Uh, well, I guess that Madison is the forward FC. Um, you know, and then the teams in. All the MLS have nicknames, so maybe you can do nicknames. Uh, now this is this is adding to the the struggle of it. So you have deer, you have beer taken away, you have the badger taken away. I don't think you wanted you to do the lakes. Like that'd be fucking dumb. That would sound weird. The Milwaukee Lakes FC. Fuck that. Like that sounds awful. I'm not a fan of that. Milwaukee, I, I, I just keep coming back to brew, the brew part of it and saying, seeing that or Cream City and see that. But I, I don't know, man. I, I'll, have to, I'll have to think about it a little bit more. Um, trying, to, trying to come up with these on the fly is, is not easy. Um, not, not something that I planned originally on the notes. I, I took a bunch of notes for the show. I usually do. And I was like, oh, wait, that's right. The soccer, soccer's happened. So this is it's a bad segment. This is just not, it's not the segment that we wanted, uh, but that's okay. 
Um, let's shift gears on the, on that topic and talk a little more about the impact and talk about what it means for the setting. It's a alternative thing to Brewers baseball. If I were the Brewers, I wouldn't be too happy today. I'd be having meetings of how do we compete with that because it's going to be very cheap to go to a Milwaukee soccer game, right? It's not going to be as expensive as you'd pay at American Family Field or Fiserv Forum. You're going to get a great price for that stadium. And it'll be a fun stadium. It'll be somewhere I think people will want to go. It's a question of can you maintain that audience? Can you build that fan base that, is, that needs to happen organically? I'll be very curious on that because we talked about it with hockey, right? That there are too many teams in, in Milwaukee and there will be a couple diehards here and there. Some will be like, I'm going all in on this, uh, but it's hard to maintain that when there's so much else going on. And that's why I've advocated against the hockey team in, in Milwaukee because there's just not enough money to be, sp to be spent around. There is not enough money to be spent spent around. Like you, you just do not have what it takes to have three professional teams. And you could argue that this Milwaukee team is close to a professional. You're right. They're knocking on the door, but they are not going to be at the professional level. I do believe in the USA, the US Cup, they do get to play the MLS, which will be very exciting. I think that will be something that'd be very cool. But I think to engage your audience, I think it really is about getting that outreach to the Marquette students, the UWM students, I think the young adults where it's cheaper to go there than it would be to a basketball or a, f a football game or a baseball game. Like sell them on that idea of some cool, unique opportunities and kind of build fans that way. I know it's something that I would probably check out. I almost went to a Madison forward game. I forget why I didn't go or why it didn't happen. But I, I do think that would be something that I'd want to check out. I'd want to see the stadium and I'd want to buy into the team, right? I might not follow it very closely, but it's a Milwaukee professional sports team that really isn't like a feeder system. Like I, that's why with the Admirals, I've never really been all in on the idea of the Admirals because they just feed into Nashville, right? There's nothing that exciting about that. Being the second level of soccer, you're really not feeding into anything. Yeah. If a team wants it, you know, they could try to work out a transfer and things of that nature, but it's it's not necessarily the same thing. And so I think that adds a element of excitement for all of us. And I think it will be a very hot ticket early on. And like I said, if I were the Brewers, I'd be thinking about ways to partner. I'd be thinking about ways to, you know, sort of do something where it's like, if you have a Brewer ticket, you can go to a Milwaukee soccer game or something along those lines, because I think they're gonna eat into the Brewers and that is something the Brewers do not need after some low attendance numbers. Let me know what kind of names you come up with. Uh, I struggled mightily, so we might have to do a part two uh, where I, I really actually start listing names, start thinking about them. Maybe I'll talk uh, next week to Mitch about different names that we could think of because, you know, I, I just, that was bad performance for me. Hand up. Like, I'm willing to admit that wasn't my greatest performance. So I apologize to you guys. All right, let's do the NMM report and then let's ride out of here. For those who are unfamiliar with the NMM report, it is the National Media Murph Report in honor of my good friend Murph, who is the National Media 
guy. Like, just loves any big story, big teams. Like, he gets into, like, the Yankees, the Lakers because of LeBron. Uh, so he's, he's just a weird individual in that way. But I love him. So and appreciate him and love that he lets us use, you know, his name as a segment. So let's start with baseball. Uh, so we are underway with the Divi- the championship series. It's fun. You know, Astros, Yankees, and Padres, Phillies. The Padres come all the way back from four down early to beat the Phillies. And now it's a 1-1 series heading to Philadelphia. Uh, Josh Hader, exquisite again. Uh, 13 pitches thrown, 10 for strikes. Looked absolutely dynamic. I said it on Twitter today, but Chris Hook has to lose his job. Like, Chris Hook cannot be the coach of the Brewers pitching staff. How the fuck did he not figure that out is beyond me. Jim Henderson, the bullpen coach, I lumped Jim Henderson in there. Any person that did not see this coming back should be fired, honestly. And I know Ken Rosenthal said on his show, yes, was that, was that Monday? So Ken Rosenthal has a podcast, I guess, and because everybody does, right? But it's like 36 minutes. It was pretty snackable. And he talked about Woodruff and Hayter, or I'm sorry, Woodruff and Burns and said, yeah, I don't know if they're going to get a contract extension done. They have a bunch of players in arbitration, 18 to be exact, but it's something that they'll probably, you know, look in the future for and look as at a potential opportunity. But he didn't say that there would be a rebuild, but the interesting part of that all was he said he expected another move after Hayter. And when there wasn't a move after Hayter, he was very puzzled by the whole thing. And that part is very interesting to me because I do wonder, you know, is there a second move that's coming? I think I might have mentioned this on a podcast earlier this week, but I think that there is a second move. I really do think it exists. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I'm just a naive sports fan, but I, I do think it's there. So yes, this is this kind of dovetailed off the national I think with the Pirate, the Padres and the Phillies, for me, it's Philly fans or Sixers fans which suck. But at the same time, it prevents any Josh Hader discourse in the World Series. And that will only get louder. The farther San Diego goes, the louder the Hader stuff will get. And so it'd be best if the Phillies took out the Padres after their 1-1 tussle. Uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. It'll be very interesting uh, just because of weather. It's, it's not going to be sunny San Diego anymore. We had a cold front here in Wisconsin the last few days, and it sounds like Philadelphia is going to get that. So let's pull up the weather real quick in Philly and see what we are working with. It's not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting dunked on. This is not a good one for me. I was like, people share podcasts. Do not share this one. Man. Uh, so yeah, the weather is going to be 65 on Friday, 70 on Saturday. It's going to be rainy on Sunday, which is interesting at 62. Uh, it does dip to it does dip to 43 on Friday, so a little chilly for the uh, dads. Or I can't really call them the dads. I, my guys divine do, but I, I just it's it doesn't roll off the tongue. So yeah, it might be a little cold for our San Diego uh, faithful. We'll see what happens. But yeah, Team Philly's there. So the Yankees Astros that that's really a rock and a hard place. Um, my dad brought up a good point last week, and it was like, 
maybe we just cheer for the Yankees to have Judge have this incredible season that is unparalleled to really anyone in baseball. And then I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, kind of. But it's still the Yankees, and seeing their fans lose is great. You know, I, I see it a lot on Twitter, so it's it's nice, right? So, but it's, the Astros are have been there for so many years. The league doesn't want to see the Astros. The Astros are kind of this, like, yeah, we're busting the party whether you like it or not. We are we are in this bitch. Uh, so I I have a slight lean, I guess, for the Yankees, but that's really a toss-up. I like to see the Yankees lose. I think I like to see the Astros lose, too, and look impenetrable. Um, they have not lost a playoff game, by the way. They are 4-0 so far. So might be a reason to jump on the Yankees tomorrow. I don't know pitching matchups at all. But definitely something to think about. Basketball is, as I said, underway. Um, Christian Wood is getting honored as the second guy for Luka after 16 straight points. I would argue to come check in in January to see if that's the exact same thing. Paolo Bancaro looked great. uh, 29 points on his debut. Uh, Just another guy for the Bucs to deal with in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Nets got blown out by the Pelicans to start the year. I hate to see it, um, you know, but I guess their preseason was good, right? Like, so they can be happy about their preseason uh, because, yeah, just an absolute disaster start for the Nets. I don't know how much run it will get. The Nuggets lost to the Jazz on the road. Uh, everybody, I think, had the Nuggets bet today. I should have known better and went the other way. I, I should have known that I was a sucker bet. When it was six and a half, I should have just saw that and said, we are going the other way because that was a funky line. The Jazz still have a home field, home court advantage suddenly, even though they are trying to tank. Uh, the Bulls winning in Miami, I thought was impressive. Uh, Miami get, didn't really get off the mat. And Chicago took advantage, no Levine in this one, and they still looked really good. So, uh, yeah, a lot to like after we after day one. We get Bucks, Philly tomorrow. We get Clippers, Lakers. Clippers, Lakers is as big of a stay away from a gambling perspective as you can get. I have zero idea what you get from either team. I know they play each other close. Maybe I talk myself into an under, but still, I think I would. I think I would be very, very hesitant to. Uh, to dabble in that game because I, I, I foresee it could go in a hundred different ways. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, and then, yeah, Bucks on Houston for the home opener on Saturday. Kind of love it Saturday night. Um, city should be rocking on Saturday. Lot to do, lot happening. Uh, you have the Badgers playing at 2.30 and you have the Bucks at, I think it's 7 or 7.30. So really nice there. Um, only problem with the Bucks. Um, and Saturdays is it takes away from college football. And I don't like that. There's, it's not a good slate this week. It's okay. It's like Minnesota Penn State. You can you can get rid of that. But the, the days where it's big big games, that's when I, I draw draw a foot in the sand and I'm like, all right, let's let's have a little balance. We don't need bucks on six TVs. You guys heard my pet peeve on that before. Uh, but yes, uh, should be fun. Lastly on the NMM, I've speaking of college football. I've heard a lot about Tennessee recently, obviously, after being Alabama. You get a lot of hype that comes with it. And some people are saying that Tennessee this year is the 2019 LSU team. And there are comparisons with the explosive offense, with the non-conference win, yada, yada, yada. Look, LSU 2019 is one of the best college football teams I've ever seen. I was very impressed with Tennessee 
hot Saturday. I thought Tennessee looked good. I thought they looked the part. I thought they belonged in a national championship game. I thought Josh Heupel, being a guy who took a team in UCF to an undefeated season, I felt like Josh Heupel could do it. I was even starting to wonder, is Josh Heupel going to get some NFL looks? Uh, because he was that good. He was that good against Alabama. And I just wonder if it can carry over. And there's no letdown potential. There isn't any this week against UT UT Martin and then Kentucky the following week. And maybe that's where a potential trap is set because there is a look-ahead spot there with Georgia the next week. Uh, So who knows if this Tennessee run will end in a week or if this Tennessee run will end against Georgia or if they make it all the way to the SEC championship game. If Tennessee beats Georgia on the road, where they'll probably be at least a six-point favorite, or six-point dog, excuse me, um, then we can ha- start welcoming in the 2019 LSU class. Like, we we aren't going to necessarily have them sit down. We're going to welcome it. We're going to welcome them into the comparison, and we'll see, we'll see how it all nets out um, with that. All right, that is it for today's show. Like I said, I apologize. I don't think this is one of my better ones. Um, usually, I don't. Not as transparent about that. Sometimes I have bad shows and I don't talk about it. Uh, but I did it today since I made a note of it earlier in the show. So thank you for riding with me. I promise it'll be better tomorrow. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.